I was still reeling. I mean, I mean reeling from the plausibility of the statement and what it might mean about me, my professional work, my personal life, my relationships, my past, my present, and my future. Welcome to Insert Human. This is a show that is not for everyone. It's for seekers, people like you, hopefully, who are searching for solutions to your problems, the world's problems, and everything in between. The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life and one day a better world. A few weeks ago, my wife Kate handed me the most recent issue of Mindful Magazine, and strongly recommended that I read the cover story. I did so immediately. It is an incredibly sad story of a father's loss of his 20-something-year-old son to drugs and ultimately to suicide. There's also a story of profound grief, but also profound learning. Learning about compassion, about dealing with trauma, and about self. I was so moved after reading that I immediately emailed its author, Brian Welch, who also happens to be the CEO of Mindful Magazine and its parent company, Mindful Communications, to see if Brian would be willing to come on my Insert Human podcast. He graciously said yes. A couple of weeks later, as serendipity would have it, there we were, Brian and Chris, Zoom to Zoom, talking about the story of his son, the story of him as both parent, partner, and professional, and as a human being. You can listen to that episode beginning next week. It's titled, Finding Our Compassion with Brian Welsh. During our hour together, Brian shared a multitude of insights and powerful observations. Insights that gave me clarity about the journey of being and becoming more human, and observations that really gave me pause about my past, my present, and my desired future. At one point, he said something that at first slipped right by me, but my subconscious seemed to sense something, something really important, and it held on to the tail end of his statement and then pulled it back by saying, Hey, Brian, wait, what did you just say? And Brian repeated himself. I said, I have learned that all certainty is aggression. He went on to explain that the view was not purely his, that he'd been exposed to it in other teachings. As he shared the story of where it came from, I was still reeling. I mean, I mean reeling from the plausibility of the statement and what it might mean about me, my professional work, my personal life, my relationships, my past, my present, and my future. Silently, I pondered, is all certainty aggression? Wait, no, no way, no, no way, no how, not possible, fundamentally not true. My first defense was this. We are taught to be certain, right? One of the big differences between humans and other animals is that we can have distinct, explicit points of view. We can think critically in order to arrive at our own very personal, very explicit decisions. Certainty is the underpinning of our existence, damn it. My second defense. But to be uncertain is to be wishy-washy, to be ambivalent, to be so unsure as to not be able to have an opinion. No one likes wishy-washy people. I don't like wishy-washy people. Who wants to hang around someone that simply does not know? My third defense. 
But wait, all structures and hierarchies rely on the people at the top being certain. Imagine a country's president that stands at the podium and says, I don't know. Imagine a policeman that questions the very same laws he or she is tasked with enforcing. Or a parent that hesitates to meet the appropriate punishment to the disobedient child because he or she just isn't certain that the disobedience is actually disobedience or that the punishment actually fits the crime. Or how about a priest that expresses doubt about the existence of God or the gods, or the athlete who questions whether his or her team is going to win the game? How in God's name can all certainty be aggression, I thought, when certainty is so central to our society, our economies, our communities, our families, and even our identities? An identity was my last and perhaps ultimate stand. I have been the most certain of business leaders, fathers, and friends my entire life and career. I'm definitely not the best at any of those roles, but I am and have always been certain. I was effectively taught to be certain, hardwired by a father who was a four-star admiral in the United States Navy, his last role, the commander-in-chief of the Allied Forces in Southern Europe. Everything about his career, everything about our upbringing, everything about the military, was certain. The purpose is certain, the rules are certain, even the uniforms and medals are certain. And the other thing that is certain is that the Admiral always had the last say, the final say, the certain say. Add to that upbringing the long list of business books I have read and the many mentors I have had over the years that pretty much screamed one thing, leadership is certainty. Leadership is having no equivocation. Leadership is marching into battle with a steely eye and without a flagging or nagging doubt. Up until my conversation with Brian, I thought my employees, my children, my friends, my partners benefited from and wanted my certainty. They all came to me for the answers, to solve their problems, to be the complexity tiebreaker by providing the brilliantly simple response, the yes or the no, dressed in either black or white but never in shades of gray. I now realize that I gave them all much more than an answer or a solution. I now realize that I gave them something that they actually didn't want, something that did not serve them or me well. And that is suppression, fueled by implied aggression. Certainty suppresses voice. Certainty reinforces hierarchy, rank, and even privilege. Certainty is a function of dominance that puts others on the defensive because by being certain, we are being offensive. We are effectively slamming the doors to debate, to collaboration, and compromise, to the possibility that there might be a better answer than the one we have. Right now, more and more of America appears fixated on certainty. I am right. You are wrong. We are right. They are wrong. The rapidly widening political and cultural chasms are being fueled by the false god of certainty. Even now, in today's tumultuous world, leaders of companies big and small are still being held accountable to certainty when the truth of the future, hell, the truth of tomorrow, is not just uncertain, it is entirely unknown. As our conversation drew to a close, Brian shared that as the CEO of Mindful, he was learning how to be uncertain. 
how not to jump to fill the void, to provide the absolute answers, but instead to be open, to be vulnerable, to allow others to see that even though he is in charge, he does not necessarily know, which is his way of expressing confidence that others will or do. And in doing so, building strength in them and from that, his organization. It's possible that the most egregious truth about certainty is not the missed opportunities in the growth of others, but the cold fact that it lacks compassion. And I think that may be Brian's underlying point. The act of certainty shows no embrace of the other, no consideration of your employee child, your fellow citizen, or your partner as worthy of participating in the search for the answer. It shows no recognition that whatever the issue or opportunity, whatever the disagreement or problem, the best answer lies not with me, but with all of us. The fundamental irony of all this, I am now convinced, certain in fact, that all certainty is aggression. Thanks for listening today. If you're in search of more opportunities to realize positive change in your life or work, and you find what I have to say helpful, you can always subscribe to my show, check out one of my new salons that are weekly virtual gatherings of like-minded folks. You can read some of my writings or just listen to one of the talks that I've given around the world over the last couple of years. And you can do it all at chriscolbert.com. While you're there, make sure to sign up for my ongoing email updates. When you do, you'll receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about-to-be-published book, Technology is Dead. Again, it's all available at chriscolbert.com. Thanks again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting more in the days ahead.